0: When it comes to being a successful hunter, there's just so many things that need to go right. First, you have to find the animal, which can be a difficult task in itself. Then you have to sneak into range, go undetected, not be seen, not be heard, not be winded. And when all that's over, the most crucial part still remains. You have to execute a good shot. This is the part where a lot of success fails, the final step in connecting everything. It can easily fall apart for even the best of us. Something called target panic can set in even unknowingly. The shot gets pulled, and either a miss or a bad shot is going to be the result. This isn't just buck fever, but a subconscious reaction to firing. It could be rushing or making a hasty shot, or when that moment of truth happens, the mechanics of what you know just seems to fall apart. If you've not experienced it, you probably will at some point. And honestly, you're more likely to experience it as time goes on. So the next couple of weeks, I'm going to break down a shot process, how to properly practice, how to prepare for the shot, And how to treat or prevent target panic. In a lot of these podcasts, at the end of the podcast, I always ask for questions or or things that you guys want to see or hear about on the podcast. So I got this one this week from Jason. He says, hey, Remy, I need your help. I'm headed up to Alaska for a Yukon moose hunt this September. I'll be using a 300 Weatherby mag with a muzzle brake. I struggle with being shaky, target panic, and or punching the trigger. What tips could you provide to help me get over this target panic slash trigger punch and help me to get steady specifically while standing or kneeling? Ideally, I'd like to be accurate out to 100 or 200 yards while standing or freeholding, maybe just using simple shooting sticks. Any help would be massively appreciated. Thanks so much. You know, that's a really good question. And I feel like it's a really important topic. So this week, I'm going to cover the rifle shooting process. And then next week, we're going to dissect the same thing, but for archery. In both cases, no matter what you shoot, you're going to learn a process for making a shot and controlling your thoughts at crunch time. This week, we're going to look at what can go wrong during that shot, what a shot process is, and the way that you can practice with a rifle economically to be a better shot and avoid target panic. Then we're going to go into how to take that practice into the field and on a hunt with you. But before we do that, let's jump into a quick story about shooting lessons learned in the field. So when I was about 16 years old, there was a new gun in town, 300 WSM. And I wanted that. So I'd read about it in magazines. It hadn't even been out yet. And I wanted, like, I thought, this sounds like the perfect gun for me. I wanted to move into a Magnum caliber. I'd only previously shot pretty light calibers uh, before that. And so it was kind of like that time in life where I was like, okay, I could save money for a truck or I could get this new rifle that's not even out. I went down and uh, with my dad, and pre-ordered a 300 WSM. I think it was a Browning Abel stainless stalkers. like, this was going to be the gun for me. And it was. It's still one of my favorite calibers out there. I think it's, it's uh, there's so many things I love about it. And I start. I was an early adopter. Maybe that's why, because I was like, I had one of the first 300 WSM's out. And I shot that thing religiously a lot for a very long time. And that was probably my primary hunting caliber. Um, you know, I started shooting it fairly young. And probably, to be honest, I felt like, I shot a lot of rounds with it when I was younger and I I was probably overgunned with it. So I ended up putting a muzzle brake on it a little bit later. And and I still, I shot really good. I never had any problems. Um, You know, I I shot really great with it. I I really, you know, I was like, you know, some things happen, but for the most part, whether it was the range or hunting, I always just was able to manage the recoil and and shot really well. So we are fast forward, maybe, uh, I don't know. Oh. Probably quite a few years in my mid twenties. I was out elk hunting. I was with my dad and a couple friends. And we'd hiked. It was a really snowy day. Hiked all day looking for elk into this area where we like to hunt. It was a long day, long hike, and it was just like one of those days where it's just the snow's coming down. It's really wet, all this stuff. So we get up there, we don't see anything. We decide, all right, we're gonna We're going to head back and maybe we'll glass some spots, just try to find, see if we can get below the snow and see if we can find somewhere else where we can actually see. So we spent all day hiking in. We didn't see anything. It was just like blizzard conditions, really poor visibility, pretty low chance of success. So we decided, well, maybe if we get lower down the mountain for the last part of the day, maybe we'll be able to see a little bit, maybe kind of salvage this day's hunt. So we get in the vehicle when we're driving down the mountain. We've got, you know, everything's, you know, rifle in the truck and everything's wet, soaking wet. We've got the defrosters on. We come around the corner on this logging road and this bull and cow run across the road in front of us, maybe 150 yards. And this is like one of the, at this point, probably would be the best bull I'd ever killed, like a giant six by six in a general elk unit. And I'm like, oh my, stop you know, slam on the brakes. I get out of the vehicle. I get my gun. I load my gun. I get off the side of the road. Um, it wasn't like a, a trafficked road. It was like a single track logging road. I throw my pack down. I call the bull stops, stands there broadside. I look through this. Sc- I don't even take the time to look like zoom in the scope or anything. I throw the scope on the elk and it's fogged up from being in the vehicle at this point i'm like freaking out now i can't see so i i'm wiping the scope cover trying to just in what i would consider almost panic mode wiping the scope trying to clear it off get set up get the gun on the animal i don't even think i pull the trigger and shoot right over the back of the bull and there runs off the best bull of my life and thinking back i was like after that shot i was devastated because one, I've never seen an elk like that near road. <laughs> Two, I had a perfect shot on a bull that would have should have been an easy shot. Yet I don't even remember if I thought about aiming. I, it was just a terrible shot. I I jerk. I clearly jerked the trigger. I clearly missed. I made a terrible shot. Um, luckily, I didn't hit it and and wound him. But I missed the biggest bull in my life. And so you know, uh, so. That that happened, and later on that season, I, I shot a bull, um, a lot smaller bull, a little raghorn, and, um, you know, next the next season, I started, um, I went out to the range sighted my gun, and I started shooting, and the gun was just, sh- like, at the range all over the place, and I'm thinking, man, like, maybe I shot this barrel out. I don't really know what's going on, but it's not shooting well, so... I I try to shoot another group, same ammo I've been shooting forever. It's just like my group is just absolute garbage at the range. I load again and I go to shoot. And as I shoot, I somehow, I didn't realize that I was out. Like I I thought I put three in and maybe I only put two in. I pulled the trigger and I jerked that trigger so freaking hard that it immediately became apparent that I was no wonder. It wasn't the gun. It was the shooter. And I had a, experienced my first case of what I would consider target panic. I'd had successful hunts between that time of missing that bull and, you know, shooting and never had any problems. And then all of a sudden shooting at paper is like, I could not keep that crosshair on that bullseye when I went to pull the trigger. And so the process of anticipation of that trigger going off, all of a sudden when I'm shooting paper, I developed a really bad flinch. And because of it, I was really worried that that was going to affect my hunting scenarios, right? How I was like, okay, I love to shoot. I don't have a problem with the recoil, but for some reason, I am just pulling through this trigger. And I don't know what was going on. So it took me a while. Like, I just didn't have the availability to be like, how do I fix this? So I had to develop my own way of going through and figuring out a way to combat this target panic. And so I started this process of like, how do I even know that I'm pulling the trigger? So what I started doing was I, I I started shooting at the bench with somebody else loading the gun for me, and I would know whether I was I would the dry fire would go off where it's supposed to, or not. And so I would do that, and sometimes I'd flinch, and then other times I wouldn't. I'd go, Okay, that was a good shot, or that wasn't. And so through that process, I started to develop this process of, okay, talking myself through the shot and creating a way of, I think what it was going on was I was just rushing it. I wasn't thinking about trigger control. I wasn't thinking about all the things that I previously never thought about. I just automatically did them. I I did all these things and never had to think about it. And for some reason, some flick of a switch happened and I started making bad shots and being a bad shot. And I knew that I wasn't a bad shot. I just, for some reason unbeknownst to me was rushing was going through this process of not making good shots was not like I don't even know what I was doing on the trigger slapping anticipating all these things were going on so I decided okay I gotta I gotta tell myself each step of the process and break it down so I don't have to so I don't skip because when I started thinking back about any time that I'd ever missed it was just a rushed thing where I don't even remember I started thinking like I don't even remember if I was aiming where I should have been like what could have gone on in that point between the the gun going off and trying to put the crosshair on the animal that equated no success and so i started to break down the shot and create at the time i'd never heard about a shot process it was just something i was like all right this is something i need to do to kind of coax myself back into doing things right so i created the shot process of okay first thing like what do you need to do to make a good shot well you got to get steady so okay get the get the crosshair steady Okay, what's my breathing doing? Okay, now I need to focus in on the target. I noticed one thing I was doing is I kind of remembered thinking when it went off through the dry fire practice, I realized sometimes when it would go off, my eyes would be closed. But when I dry fire, dry fire, dry fire, I could watch, okay, here's where the crosshair is when it goes off. Here's where it is when it goes off. So I, I started to tell myself, okay, you're going to watch through the shot. You aren't going to blink. You're going to. So I started opening both eyes, really relaxing into the shot. And then I started paying attention to the trigger pull, slowly squeezing the trigger and feeling the trigger and making sure that it was complete trigger pull all the way through. So when the trigger broke on the dry fire shots, it was exactly where I wanted it. And then translate that into when I finally got live ammunition in, the shot would go off and it'd be perfect. So I worked on that throughout the summer and developed the shot process of when I was taking a shot at the range, this is what I went through. And the next season, I went into the field. I had a similar scenario where it was not just any elk, but the biggest elk of my life, a big, giant velvet bull, which I think I've told the story of before. Um, I had a new gun at this point, same caliber, new gun. And uh, I got into position. I calmed myself, and I just – it was not a steady rest. But I remember walking myself through the shot process. Okay, get steady. In the crook of the tree. Level, crosshairs on. Pick my spot. Relax. Focus. Don't blink. Slowly squeeze the trigger. Boom, and I drop the biggest bull in my life. Now, I I truly believe that had I not taken the time to practice, create this shot process, in that same rushed scenario where I was sneaking in on this bull, the bull pops up and it's like he's gonna get away. I gotta make a shot. I would have rushed the shot, panicked, probably pulled, and not having a good steady rest would have pulled high and shot over the back and would have been telling the story of the biggest bull that I ever missed again. And instead found success by creating a shot process and really teaching myself how to make a good shot the proper way, the right way, every time. I think in order to figure out how to consistently make good shots to kind of combat that target panic, we first have to see what is going wrong during the shot and what is causing target panic so when it comes to a rifle I think there's target panic can happen definitely with a rifle and actually probably more often with a bow but there's a few things that are specific to rifle shooting that I think cause target panic now for me I feel like in some ways I was very unfortunate that I I didn't know I had to learn a lot of things and teach myself a lot of things because there wasn't the type of information out there that's out there now. There's things that people didn't talk about, like target panic. There's um, the shooting processes that people didn't talk about. The, the thought of a shooting process I had never heard until uh, essentially I thought that I created this and realized that it's been something around in the military forever. Um, you know, So the, there's a lot of information that I didn't have. And the way that I'm talking about my shot process is kind of the way that I developed it for myself. So there's probably better ways to do it, but this is the way that I've done it. And that's the only way that I kind of really know how to teach it, but it's worked for me. And I also believe that, you know, when you're creating a shot process and doing some of these things, you got to find out what works for you as well. So, but before we go into that, I think we just kind of talk about what causes target panic, what causes uh, the shot to be wrong. And and like that question asked, you know, uh, it was a really poignant question uh, from Jason, because I, I feel like it asked about you know, when you're, let's say it's a freehand shot. Let's say it's a, an unsteady shot on a pack. When you're shooting at a bench rest and you've got everything stabilized and everything steady, it's real easy to make those consistent shots. But when you're balancing it yourself, one slight movement in your elbow, one slight movement in your trigger pull, one slight movement in this, that, and the other thing can cause your shot to go way off. Now, it could still be on enough to hit the target, but maybe not where you want, or off enough to miss and neither of those are best case scenarios so what can go wrong during a shot i think one of the first things that happens with rifle shooting is just essentially developing some kind of flinch what that is is that's anticipating the gun going off you could be shooting like for me it happened instantaneously almost i shot the same gun for years and never had a problem and then one day at the range things weren't going right and i started shooting poorly I don't know how it happened. I, you know, like I think about it, I wasn't afraid of the right, like nothing changed in my mindset. I didn't think the gun was kicking more. I didn't think anything was going on more. It just, at some point my body had said, ooh, I don't like that. And anticipating that, I don't like that. As a guide, I've seen so many cases of target panic that I've been able to kind of like diagnose and assess and help a lot of people along the way. One of the ways that I see it happen a lot is with, kids, teenagers, women, people that are lighter kind of overgun, taking somebody's 300 Win Mag and um, being used to shooting something lighter and then going to a heavy caliber and being like, oh, I don't like that, or uh, maybe somebody getting scoped once. Something happens where they start to anticipate the shot, and what happens is your body flinches, it moves in some way, and how much that bullet varies is exponentially increased depending on the type of rest that you have. Another thing that can go wrong is this idea of the target panic, where you kind of rush the shot and you forget simple steps through that shot. Now, it could be forgetting the step of picking a spot to aim at. You could, the animal's in the crosshair and the trigger gets pulled. And you think back, you're like, I don't even know where I was aiming. Not that you weren't aiming at the animal, but where exactly, what hair were you aiming at? You know, like when you've got a bullseye, you've got a specific piece on that target. But when you've got an animal, Maybe it's a big animal. Maybe I've seen it happen where I'm guiding a guy and the animal gets shot in the antler. It's like, well, we know where the person was looking. He was looking at the antlers, the gun goes off, and it was just all this big blur, this big rush. After that shot, there's just this fog, and that's that target panic that happens. And that really happens a lot when you feel like you're going to be rushed. Even really good shooters, guys that shoot all the time, when they get out, they've practiced all summer, they've been at the range, and then they get an animal, and that animal looks at him or is about to take off. And like, I need to make that shot. And instead of taking their time to make the right shot, they make a shot that doesn't go where it should. Now, another thing that can go wrong is kind of a combination of maybe anticipating the gun going off, maybe a little bit of that rush, and it's not paying attention to that trigger pull. You get the crosshair where you want, and your brain just says, good enough, and you just slap that trigger. And when that happens... You know, there's a lot of extra movement. If your gun's not super steady, that's going to be, like I said, once again, multiplied. The factor of how far off you're going to be is going to dramatically increase if you're not super steady, if you're shooting off sticks, you're shooting off a pack, if you're in a hunting scenario. So maybe at the range, that was a a variance in one or two inches. And when you're shooting at that animal at 300 yards across a canyon, that's a variance of six inches high or three inches left or five inches right. It can be a miss or a bad shot. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a shot process. And what a shot process is, is it's consciously going through each step so you don't rush and don't forget the things that are important, so you don't anticipate, so you don't panic, so you don't slap the trigger. So each part of the shot has a specific task that you can focus on to keep you focused in the shot and focused on making the perfect shot. So that's what your shot process is. It's a a process that you go through from making that shot from beginning to end in every and just dissecting every specific movement or motion. So you don't have to think of the thing as a whole. So you don't panic and you rush and do something you aren't supposed to do. You remember every step and you go through just focusing on each step when that step needs to be focused on. So let's kind of dissect first a rifle shot, right? So what are the things that we need to do? Well, we need to get the gun steady and on target. So that's that would be our first step, and I've seen like as a guide, you see this happen a lot. That's a step that a lot of people don't really practice, and that's a step that can actually cause a lot of target panic when you've got an animal there. It's broadside, and you can't get the st- gun steady or you can't find it in the scope. What happens is that then rushes everything else. It makes it very difficult to find the animal. It makes it difficult to get steady. It makes it makes you take a rush shot. And instead, you're thinking about, I need to make my shot as opposed to, I need to get the gun steady. So in my opinion, I think the first step is we need to get the crosshair where it's supposed to be in a way that's really steady. Uh, This is something that definitely needs to be practiced, but also something that needs to be a part of the shot. It's not just getting whatever in the scope. It's getting steady so you can make the other steps happen. I've spent a lot of time helping people get steady. And one thing that I do as a guide and I've learned is if by me helping them get the gun steady in a way that that gun is locked in, it's super steady, they've got good shooting form and good shooting position, that, that end shot is going to be way better. Because even if something goes wrong in the next stages, there's a lot less movement in the gun for that, that margin of error starts to shrink. So I'd say the first process in this is just getting the gun steady. And we'll go into like details of that here in a little bit. Now, the next process I would say is is picking a spot on that target. So just because the gun's steady doesn't mean that you have that focal point of aim. Whenever I talk to a new archery hunter, the first thing I tell them, like my biggest tip when it comes to hunting from target shooting is to pick a spot on the animal. Like pick a specific hair on there that you're going to shoot at. And when I think about rifle hunting, I think of the same exact thing. You need to not just put it behind the shoulder, not just put it on the shoulder, but pick a spot on the shoulder, pick a spot behind the, however the animal's position, where you want that bullet to go. Pick an exact aim point because you're going to be able to focus in on that aim point. Now, the thing that I think about is in order to do this and, and move forward, one of the things for me that I noticed was I wasn't relaxing. I was I was I was focused, and I was just so focused on that that aim point. But I needed to focus on that aim point, and then I needed to kind of relax through that shot. And that relax might be thinking about your breathing, thinking about you know that next point that comes up. For some people, it's it's you know okay now I've picked a spot. Now I need to steady the crosshair on that shot. And I think that that's kind of where this goes into is first we we need to get steady. Then we need to pick a spot to aim on. Then we need to put the crosshair on the spot where we're aiming and get that steady. Like maybe it's control your breathing, maybe it's take a breath in, maybe it's, you know, take a breath out, whatever it is, control that breathing, control that crosshair on your target. And then the next part is gonna be your trigger pull. And that's the thing that I think most people need to think about the most, because if you think about the shot that goes off and when you make a bad shot or miss, it's like this weird foggy memory of, I don't really know what happened if i were to ask you how was your trigger pull you're like i don't even remember my trigger pull right i don't even remember my finger being on the trigger so i think of okay i i put my finger on the trigger i feel the trigger i slowly uh i want to get the i kind of think of it like driving a clutch right where you've got the gas and the clutch and you're you're at that point where you aren't going forward and you aren't rolling backwards you're just kind of being held and i feel like every trigger kind of has that breaking point so i slowly you know, put, apply pressure to the trigger and then think about that slow, steady pressure as I'm relaxed, focusing on the target. Now, for me, one of the things to kind of combat flinching or whatever, uh, anticipating the shot was thinking for me personally, thinking about watching that shot go off, watching that click, like being able to essentially not blink. So I kind of added in a step for myself of like, don't blink, like watch the shot and then pull through the shot and, and there's, apply that trigger pull. And then my next step is kind of like the follow through, the watching the shot go off. So we've got get the gun steady. We've got pick a spot. We've got um, put the crosshair on the spot, focusing on that spot and relax. Then we've got apply steady trigger pressure. And then we have watch the shot impact. And by adding those steps and telling myself walking through those steps every time that I shoot, I kind of am able to take out the things that cause... The target panic, and whether, I know there's people that maybe you're you're in that moment, and it's a, it's like okay, I'm freaking out. This is the biggest elk of my life. I've got to make this shot, and you know you panic, and then you just go and you forget a, a process along the way, and that causes you to miss. So by going through these steps and really practicing these outside of those events where it's rushed and you need to make it happen right now you're able to make a better shot you know, more often. And that's what we're going to talk about. So let's think about the ways that we can practice this. And when I think about rifle shooting and the, the most valuable practice I've ever had when I shoot a rifle, what, whatever I shoot, I like to be very proficient with and very practiced up. So when I develop some kind of target panic, I think I got to really combat this because that's the exact opposite of what I'm striving for. And so you think, okay, well, how do I practice with my rifle? Well, you can get 50 boxes of ammo and just go out there and keep shooting. And to be honest, that's probably the worst thing that you can do because it tells you nothing about your shot. In my opinion, the best way to practice with a rifle is through dry fire practice. It's not bad for your gun. Um, it's And what it does is it allows you to know every detail of your shot without the big boom that goes off, without the variable of – Uh, Is this ammo flying different than this other ammo? Is the wind affecting this? It's telling you exactly what you're doing when you pull that trigger. Is that crosshair where it's supposed to be? I would say 99.9% of my practice with a rifle is not firing any live rounds. And because of that, I've become a much, much better shot. I'll even have people go so far as um, new hunters that I'm taking out. If we've got a shot that we're lining up. And it's like, okay, I know it's one of those shots where we've got time. The animal's broadside. I'll go in, I'll I'll cock the bolt. I'll make sure the gun's unloaded. I was like, all right, crawl in there and just click that rifle off on target on that animal you're going to shoot. Like, okay, click. Did that crosshair go off where it was supposed to? Did you pick that spot? Did you follow through your shot process when that pin dropped? Was that crosshair exactly where you want it? Because by fine-tuning your shots that way, you're one able to tell what's going on too. It's actually a really calm way to to kind of not think about the gun going off. If you get more used to a pin going off than a big loud boom, you're going to develop better habits in the long run. And so a lot of the time that I spend either at the range or in the field is just that dry fire practice. Now, obviously you have to be super, I, this should just go without saying, but there are, people out there that'll be like, yeah, you said to just shoot the gun off and dry fire. And yeah, okay. First, obviously basic gun safety, always in a safe direction, always at a, a target that, you know, you can shoot at and always make sure when you're doing dry fire practice, that the gun is completely unloaded. There is no ammo in the pipe, right? <laughs> so that just obviously goes without saying, but you have to say it these days. It's just terrible. You have to say that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, you have to be safe. But dry fire practice is probably one of the best ways to practice that shot and that shot process. So what I do, let's say I'm at the range, I go in, I get settled in, I I set my target out, and I go and and I start taking those practice shots without live ammunition. Okay, go through my process, get steady, focus on that bullseye. For me, this is the way that I think about it. I tell myself to relax my face. Um, I've noticed when I shoot and I'm gritted down, and one way that I, I developed some of the ways that I shoot is just by like having my phone there and recording me shooting and seeing what I'm doing. And I noticed on those shots where I'm really tense in the face, I'm not really focused on, I'm just like, I'm, I, it's like kind of building this anticipation. So it's like this kind of just relax my face and get my face in the same position on the rifle every time. Um, so I, I, I feel, okay, I'm in the right position. My cheek's on the right spot. I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm looking at the target and I'm focusing on that target. I'm not focusing on all the things that are going to happen afterwards. I'm just focusing on each individual step. Then, you know, the next thing, okay, focusing on that, that bullseye, put the crosshair on it, control my breathing, steady, even pressure on the trigger. I feel the trigger. I slowly pull as I'm just focusing on the target click the gun goes off and i do that again and again and again and then i introduce ammunition now if you're a person that say hey i've got um a problem with target panic i've got a problem with flinching with pulling the trigger with slapping the trigger one thing that i started doing in my practice is a little more economical this way uh to conserve ammunition and to actually verify how you're shooting is you can go out with somebody, you can get um, either snap cap rounds, which are like dummy rounds for training purposes. Uh, a lot of times you can use them to simulate, um, with you know, that you can simulate like a misfire. You can simulate so many things with it. But I'll have a friend uh, or someone there, you know, load up my magazine just randomly. I'll have, say... Uh, three snap caps in one live round or two live round whatever you know don't know the mix because you just never you know you want it to be completely random and then when you're focused on target you're going to shoot all those rounds at paper some will be dry fire rounds some will be live rounds and they're mixed in because that way you know whether your shot went off perfect without you know needing the necessary report or whether you pulled or doing something and then you can fix it and the one thing i think about to myself is all right i'm just having that gun click and go off click and go off essentially treating every live fire shot like a click and go off like i don't want to move i don't want anything to happen except for the perfect trigger pull and then afterwards on those dry fire rounds i can assess whether i did everything right or whether there's something that needs improvement doing this is also a really good way to practice those now you can kind of start you know, once you do that and and kind of start getting over that, that flinch, that slap, you've got your process. You're talking yourself through every shot. Now we start to add it into practice. It isn't just bench practice. It's practice for in the field type shots. It's shooting off shooting sticks. It's shooting off a pack. It's shooting off your knee. It's shooting off hand. I actually practice, uh, shooting off hand out to four and 500 yards on gongs. You're like, that's an unethical. It's like, okay, calm down. You know, whatever, because there's a lot of people that can make a lot of really good shots. And I'm not saying that if I get encounter a scenario where I need to take a 400-yard shot, I'm not making an offhand shot, but I practice those shots religiously. And I would say I mostly practice those shots by dry firing, and then I fire uh, live rounds to make sure that I can do it. And the reason that I practice those shots is because if I have a shot that is off sticks at 100 yards, I'm going through the same process as I am, When I'm pulling the trigger at a gong at 400 yards offhand, I'm practicing and building the skills and abilities of good gun control, good trigger control, good shot process that works in whatever scenarios. And those ones where I'm the most unsteady, where it's easiest to anticipate the trigger pull, where it's easiest to jerk, where it's easiest to move, I'm able to fix those things in those scenarios where it's really difficult to do. So when I have those shots that I'm taking at a, a deer and I'm resting up against a tree at 150 yards, the process is the same. And I make a good perfect shot when I need to during crunch time. So now let's talk about taking that practice into the hunt. So what we're going to do, we're going to get out in the field or out in the range, out in the field, wherever we're at doing our target practice. And we're going to create this process. We're going to create the process and we're going to practice it so many times through dry fire practice, where we don't need a thousand rounds, but by doing something a thousand times, we're creating good habits. And those good habits are going to translate in the field. And then when I'm on my stock, how I translate this to making a good shot on an animal is I tell myself a few things. It's like kind of all just this mental game at this point. As I'm stalking in, I say, I would rather make a good shot or have this animal get away, right? So I'd rather have be going. I would rather not rush and not take a shot and have the animal get away than rush and take a bad shot. I want the animal to not get away because I shot and made a bad shot. So I kind of think of that process as I'm stalking, and I think, okay, I want to make a good shot. It's better for the animal to get away than to make a bad shot. And so I tell myself, okay, in order to make a good shot, as I'm coming in, I need to go through my shot process. And as, I, as things start to go down, as things start to rush, I then – walk myself through that shot process as I'm lining up. Now things are gonna start to happen, right? I'm getting steady, I got the rifle steady, I throw it up on a tree, oh no, the deer picks its nose up. It's gonna smell me. Okay, well I still have to pick a spot, pick a spot. And sometimes these, as the more that you practice this, the faster it becomes. Pick a spot, focus in, think about the trigger pull, squeeze the trigger. And these things can happen very, very fast. So as I'm going through the shot in the field, I'm thinking about through the stock, my shot process, what I'm going to do. When I get up there, I allow myself to go through that process and not rush it. And in many cases, this can happen within an instant in, in simultaneously. Um, and because of doing those shot processes and thinking about the shot that way, you really are able to combat target panic as well as the buck fever that sets in for a lot of new hunters or when you're in a scenario or something's going down really fast and you have to make something happen right away. I'm definitely glad that we got to talk about going through a shot process and proper practice with a rifle. You know, so many times there's these little nuanced things that if you don't know, you don't know. But if you deal with target panic currently, you probably wish that you'd started something like this sooner. So even if you don't, deal with target panic or you don't have these problems, it's definitely a good idea to go through a shot process while you're practicing shooting. So when you're in the field and a situation arises, you can fall back on that. By doing things over and over, I think the correct way, you're building a foundation for just more success in the future. And that's one thing. Like it doesn't matter whether you're you're practicing with your hunting rifle or, you know, get out a light caliber rifle, a pellet gun, just getting time practicing the shot process and going through it, whatever you're shooting, when you're plinking with a 22 or when you're sighting in your big game hunting rifle for the season, developing a shot process doing things a certain way to kind of prevent that target panic thinking about the shot in each little step is just going to make you a lot better and a lot more efficient in the long run so next week we're going to talk about the same process with archery equipment and honestly i believe that this happens to archers more than rifle shooters so we're going to go through the shot process in archery how to shoot properly to get a surprise release good back tension good good techniques and tactics and then how to translate that into the field for hunting whatever kind of release you're using how to just be more proficient and not encounter that target panic so when the opportunity comes when you're within bow range you can make a good shot so something i'm really excited about is the launch of outdoor class and i kind of alluded to it (laughs) last year when i ended the last podcast before starting this podcast. I was going to take some time to work on some new projects. Well, that new project is finally out an outdoor class. What it is, it's an online, like essentially hunting course platform. If you've ever wanted to learn more about hunting, any particular species, this is the course for you. And what I did on my first course, I'm breaking down mule deer hunting, mule deer hunting tactics. So what, what is this like a membership subscription? You get access to all the courses in there. I essentially took i really wanted this to be extremely comprehensive and i really wanted you to kind of understand the, my thought process when i uh, think about hunting in the way that i hunt and understanding the way that i think about hunting because i feel like if i can teach you the way that i hunt then you can take that into so many different scenarios right it doesn't have to be uh, maybe it's a limited draw tag maybe it's an over-the-counter tag you can take it into any area any type of terrain and find success so I really broke down everything from understanding mule deer habits, habitat, what makes mule deer tick all the way through every single season of the year and the types of tips and tactics to employ through those seasons, including other things like e-scouting, um, glassing, gear. It's, it's just extremely comprehensive. It took me about a month to compile all my thoughts of like making sure that everything I wanted in there was in there in a way that's easy to learn and, and educational and entertaining as well. So i think you're really going to enjoy that i'm really excited about the launch of that you can find it outdoorclass.com uh, you can also go to my instagram or my at remy warren like instagram page on the profile there there's a link there there's also a link on my website remywarren.com. check it out for everybody that's signing up i've got my own little discount code for you guys so it's kind of like uh just as a thank you as well and what i'm going to do they'll give you 20 percent off and then what i'm going to do before the mule deer season I'm going to take everybody that uses that code and just send out an invite um, to just a online like meeting. It'll be like probably a Google meet or whatever, something like that. And then just kind of have like a couple hour, maybe after work sometime, roundtable discussion on mule deer, uh, kind of diving into a little bit deeper tactics as well. If you've got questions on the course, um, a really good you know, just a good opportunity to kind of interact and then I'll do some gear gear giveaways and other things during that as well. I think that's going to be really fun. It's going to be cool to you know, maybe just see some people face to face, whether it's on, I mean, not face to face, but computer face to face. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. That's something to check out. If you're interested in learning more about hunting, you know, will you're listening to this podcast, I think it's going to definitely be something that's beneficial to you. And it's not just my courses. So there's a lot of awesome, awesome content on there right now. We've kicked it off with some, my mule deer series. Then we've got some elk stuff with Randy Newberg, some calling stuff with Corey Jacobson, just some incredible stuff on there. Uh, Jamie Teagan did uh, some cooking stuff too. So there's, it's just going to be extremely comprehensive of the things that you can learn on there. And then the membership kind of gets you or the subscription gets you, all the courses that are on there and more are coming. So more are going to be pumped out throughout the year and it's going to be continual thing. So I'm really excited about the launch of that, put a lot of time and energy into creating these courses. And so I think that it's going to be something extremely beneficial for you. So go check that out. Um, and yeah, I'll be looking forward to hopefully it works out where if you sign up and then we can get on that group meeting and, and answer a few questions on there as well. So looking forward to that again, as always so much for all the support feel free to drop a comment wherever you listen, a rating, if you can prefer the good comments and the good ratings, but i love to hear from you guys. So, uh, social media at Remy Warren, pretty much on every platform out there, even some new platforms. So search around, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram and wherever. So if you got questions also, we're going to be doing some more live Q and A's coming up. And if you don't have, uh, make it for those, feel free to just send me questions on Instagram or whatever social media platform you use. Once again, thank you guys so much. And until next week, Let's uh, develop that process. Catch y'all later.